the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. It's been very interesting the last couple of weeks. I want to appreciate, I take this time to appreciate everybody that's called in and, and talked over the past couple of months. It's been a rough time outside of the coronavirus. There's been a lot of other things happening, and I just appreciate all the support. That That's awesome. And I want to let those people out there who are really worried, uh, I want to let them know that things are actually probably not as bad as you think they are. In fact, there's a really good chance that things are going to be even better going forward. Got the vaccines uh, getting ready to be distributed. And once they get this under control, um, you've all, all of a sudden you've got an economy that's grown. You've got money that's coming for more relief to the economy, which should help out quite a bit. Got a lot of money that was circulated. Nothing's ever happened like this before, by the way. So actually, I guess this time when they say this time is different, they're right. This time is a little bit different, but it's different in kind of like, there's some good ways in this. There, there's a lot of silver linings to all the, the, the stuff that's been going on. And uh, if you look for it, I think you're probably going to be real happy with a lot of investments, particularly the stock market, I, you know, I, it's always going to be bumpy. You know that that's not going away anytime real soon, and there's still stocks, so they're still going to fluctuate a lot. But I think overall, the uh, economic growth that's that's going to be going on, not only as a result of the pandemic, but uh, the fact that it sped up a lot of the progress of other industries who may, you know, it actually acted like a catalyst. So that's a good thing. Interest rates probably staying low for the foreseeable future. You know, quoting the old Fed president, uh, Mr. Powell, 
Yeah, and I think that's kind of a uh, interesting. He's still the Fed president, by the way. And uh, how about the fact that Janet Yellen, the old Fed president, that's where that phrase got caught in my mind. She's going to be the new uh, Treasury uh, Secretary of Treasury, and that's pretty awesome. I think she's extremely well qualified for that, and will be able to help carry out the plans that have been put in place and have already started. So nice to have somebody with a lot of experience there. And that you know, that's one of the things that I really wanted to talk about uh, today in particular. There are a there's an extremely large number of people who are incredibly intelligent and who are incredibly gifted that are behind the scenes in the government and in our banking system. And those two things, by the way, are intertwined. And for one to work well, the other one's got to be working pretty well. Actually, the banking system is kind of independent, so it doesn't need the support of the government, but it, it helps when they do support it in what they're trying to accomplish. And what the banking systems, two of their goals, try to control uh, employment through encouraging people, uh, encouraging business to grow, grow the economy, grow jobs, and keeping inflation under control, two of their main directives. So, And they can do that much better when they have the cooperation of the government. And when they work together, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that's, this is what we're, here's where we're at. This is my opinion. Economy's going to rebound. In fact, it'll go higher. Uh, the, the GDP, gross domestic product, that's the measure of goods and services in the United States. Basically, how much total business is the country doing? That's going to continue to increase. And as that increases over time, stock prices generally increase. I'm not sure what's going to happen with interest rates because interest rates are very, very low. If you started raising interest rates at this point, it would probably slow the, slow the economy down. Not as much as people think it will. Interest rates are not that effective in raising or decreasing the economic output of the country. The, uh, and that's a fact. I know that doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but if you go back and check it, you know, Google it if you don't believe it. I don't have time to explain it right now. <laughs> I'll come back to it at some point in time. But the, the thing that impacts the economy the most is the access to credit, being able to borrow money to buy stuff. You know, most businesses have to borrow money just to even finance their inventory. The vast majority of businesses have debt. Now, what they do with that money, they borrow money and they raise money through selling shares of stock too. But there's a large portion of the financing that goes on in this country by people going to banks and, and taking out loans and then paying off those loans successfully. And that's a good thing. And when the bank stops making loans or slows down the process, that's when we're in trouble. That, and typically they do that because the economy has gotten to be overheated. It's not the situation that we find ourselves in today. The economy is not overheated. There's not much of a problem by uh, trying to calm down an economy that's getting ahead of itself and prices are rising too rapidly. The uh, actually, we have just about the opposite problem. We've got businesses that have been a, that have been affected by the pandemic, who are struggling, and the banks are stepping up to try to uh, extend credit to them 
this is really wild. They're extending credit that a lot of banks, you know, a lot of these companies are not going to have to pay back. They're actually going to forgive those loans. And that's exactly what they should be doing. I know if you have a, a ton of money, you're probably not real happy with that. Um, but so be it. <laughs> it it's necessary. And I'm, and I'm just, I just marvel at how well the government has actually navigated through these waters. We've never been through this before. This is that when they say it's different this time. Yeah, it is. It's actually always slightly different. It's, it's never exactly the same, but this one's really different. You know, you had a recession that was brought on by a pandemic, a disease that was permeating through the economy and through the population rather. That is, that hasn't happened at this level in an extremely long time. And so I, I think it's it kind of interesting to see how they've risen up. And there are some, oh, there's just some unbelievably smart people. I'm I'm so glad. And I, I, I really believe God loves America. <laughs> I really believe that. Actually, I think he loves everybody. But the, uh, the bottom line is we've got, we've been blessed with people who know what to do, know which steps to take. Doesn't mean they can avoid future problems. Not all of them, because there are always going to be problems that you can't see coming. But they've got the tools to deal with whatever shows up. And they've got the knowledge and, and the willfulness to use it. That's, that's saying a lot. A lot of these things politically are, are pretty hard to convince a large part of the, the population that you need to be doing. And uh, I just, I feel like this, this whole country has just been blessed to have all these smart people. And I know it doesn't seem like that when you're watching television and, and you're hearing all this bad news and, and 80% of the articles that are written today in magazines, newspapers, uh, 80% of all the media that you hear on radio, that you watch on television, whether it's regular television or YouTube TV or whatever it is, the vast majority of it is negative. And that's just not reality. If it were nearly as bad, if it were half as bad as the media would leave you to lead you to believe, we would all be gone by now. <laughs> I'm not sure people understand that. It's nowhere near as bad as the media lets you leads you to believe. When you want to, you want proof of this, go take a trip in a plane. Okay, go get a ticket. Yeah, the planes are still flying, even though that they're not flying as much. They're still flying, but just go somewhere, somewhere short. Like I like to go to Nashville. Why? Because the flight's under an hour, and I have a brother down there who's hilarious. So it's always good to drop in on him. <laughs> And, uh, but when I get up in the air and I look down, I see all that stuff, all those buildings, all those highways, all those cars, all those homes, those houses, those businesses, and it's all working. It's all working. I don't, I'm not flying over a bunch of stuff burning to ashes, <laughs> seeing what, witnessing shootouts, yeah, that, that's a, the only the only stuff you see the only places you see that are on the news, and they they skip all the good stuff like these companies that are being successful, that are building, that are contributing to that GDP growth, the thing that's made this country the country that it is, cooperation, working together, people improving their lives together. 
it's this is not a me versus you anymore most of the time this is a collective we all get better together like it or not i know a lot of people that don't like that yeah in fact some people aren't happy unless they're miserable <laughs> you ever meet those people people just aren't happy unless they can be miserable <laughs> i try to avoid them as much as i possibly can but um, hopefully you don't have any in your family because that's rough at Christmas time. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm not one of those. And we the world would not exist the way that it does today when all the creature comforts we just take for granted. I mean, and think about that for a second. We have refrigeration. We don't even think about it. We have heat in the wintertime. We don't even think about it. We have air conditioning. We don't think about it. We have cars that aren't all rusted out. Now, that that phrase rusted out, millennials have no idea what that means. <laughs> you millennials, you know nothing about rusted out cars. Why? Because they figured out how to fix that before you guys got your driver's licenses. Like a long time before you got it. But I remember back in the day, <laughs> now I'm aging myself, it, these cars, they you know, look like something had eaten away half the car because the rust would literally have eaten away about half the car. And uh, it was funny. Now, think about that. Nobody, I guess you, you probably have to be in your 50s to remember that, incidentally. So today, you never see cars driving around with great, you know, a big half of their front quarter panel missing because the, the uh, ice, I'm sorry, the rust got it. <laughs> that just doesn't happen. So I think that's kind of funny. One of, one of the uh, tragedies about that, by the way, is the fact that the cars don't have the bumpers like they used to, like the ones where you could actually grab a hold of and you could bumper ski. Bumper ski, bumper skiing in my neighborhood was like, yeah, that was like an Olympic sport. You know, the, the road was over a mile long and there, it, right in the middle of the road, there was a uh four-way stop sign and there were bushes around each of the corners so you could hide in the bushes the cars would stop you could sneak up grab the bumper and ride <laughs> the car would take off and you just slide because there was so much snow and ice on the road and it was so thick I mean, it was inches not a couple inches five six seven inches that was just in the 70s that, that cracks me up at how much things can change in such a short time period. And you talk about bumper skiing today, and the kids are looking at it like, what? <laughs> and uh, oh, me and my brothers, we were champions. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. It got rough. You had to learn like when to stop bumper skiing because as it started warming up, you might hit a, a, a dry patch, and your feet normally don't slide too well over asphalt. So had to be very careful about that. <laughs> I just think of back at you know, 3, 5, 8, 43, and 61. Those were the channels. You had five channels. And uh, today, I, I don't even know how many channels there are. Actually, if you count YouTube, it's unlimited, and there are more channels coming on every day. But uh, so all this stuff is, it is so funny just to think that this has all happened just during my lifetime. And that's one of the reasons I have such a hard time listening to pessimists. I mean, it just kills me. I'm like, have you not been paying attention? <laughs> the, uh, I mean, look at this. 
Yeah. I remember the first time I downloaded a picture of the Earth that was taken from a satellite by one of uh, it was one of NASA's satellites, and downloading that picture took forty five minutes. I downloaded a single picture that took forty five minutes. Now you can watch full length. You can download a full length motion picture in about a minute if you've got decent internet. A whole movie. <laughs> Do you know how many pictures it takes to make a whole movie <laughs> that's over an hour long? <laughs> and uh, I just don't understand how anybody can be pessimistic. Is it going to be perfect? No. no. We haven't reached that point yet. Uh, that would be neat. You know, at some point in time, we're working more and more towards perfection. That's We're a long way off, but we're a lot closer than we were when I was a kid. <laughs> Uh, that was pretty tough. And when I look at all the different things, when I look at where this is going, what the future is going to look like, you know, I'm excited. How do you take advantage of that and your investments? We'll be talking about that. I have about 60 seconds left, I think, before I have to take a commercial break. But how do you take advantage of that in your investments? And if you're getting to a point where uh, you're getting close to retirement, how do you make sure you, you still want to take advantage of that, but how do you protect yourself on the downside? Because as, as you get older, this is a big risk. The uh, professionals refer to this as longevity risk. You know, If you're 80 years old, your life expectancy is not as long as somebody who's in their 50s. So when you're 80, it's great to be able to take advantage of a lot of this stuff, but I hear the music. That means they're telling me I got to take a commercial break. Listen to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I will be right back. Like it or not. <laughs> uh, so we were just talking about how things are evolving, how good I think the economy is going to be going forward. Some things that have been accelerated that, you know, quite frankly, um, the silver lining to this pandemic is that there are a lot of there are a lot of technologies that have been advanced much more quickly than they would have been without it. So there is a bright side to this. Now, there's a very negative dark side too, and I don't want to understate that. I want to pay attention to it, recognize it, but by the same token, I don't want to. I don't want to let that control me. What I'd really like to do is is balance it out, focus on the good parts of this, and a lot of this stuff is going to cause a lot of people to make a lot of money, and you can be one of those people. I've got a couple of, of models that I put together inside the uh, portfolios that we manage that are designed to try to take advantage of, of those opportunities. And uh, I, I like them. And actually, right now anyway, they're doing quite well. So it's just about everything else, by the way. But And do I expect it to continue without interruption? No, that's not how stocks work. 
That's one of the reasons that as you get closer to retirement or if you're starting to take money out, if you're within 10 years of retirement, you don't need to be 100% invested anymore. I mean, you can take some of that off the table. You know, you don't have to accept bonds with yields of 1% or less either. That's You don't have to do that. So it is an option, but I think there are other options that are available that are relatively new. And if you've been listening to the show, you've been hearing me talk about the fixed indexed annuity. And a bunch of companies have them. I have a favorite. And they've got a website. Uh, it actually is, is nationwide. So if you want to learn more about this, just email me, bill at bullingtoncapital.com, or go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. There's a contact us form. Just say, hey, send me that nationwide link if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind. And uh, this is a, a relatively new product. In fact, they're coming out with new products every week. It's mind-boggling, but this is how this one works. And this is a generic description now. It's not just the nationwide product. It's because they're not the only ones that, that offer these products. Uh, but this is how a fixed indexed annuity works. An indexed annuity, which is really popular for a long time now because it's a, the, the uh, basically the account balance that they're using to calculate what your income is going to be one day, would never go backwards, never go down because the market went down. But that account balance is not the same as the cash surrender value. That's one thing that people talk about this. Don't, I think, really make really clear. There are two values involved with these types of annuities. There's the actual cash uh, surrender value. And then there's the value that they're going to use to calculate how much income you can generate. That's what attracts me to this product looking at a fixed rate of return as a kind of a floor or a base. That's, that's a kind of a big deal, okay. especially when that base is significantly higher than other sources of fixed income. Now, it doesn't work like traditional fixed income. They are not the same. You invest in these products because you intend on turning that income on so that you can receive that income to supplement any other income you have, or maybe to supplement your stock portfolio or your social security or pension so that you can live on that money. So when you're looking for returns that are extremely competitive, particularly given today's environment, then you might want to consider those fixed indexed products. And, and again, I happen to like one from nationwide and by the way, they're changing all the time. Um, I think they've come out with, I don't know, two new versions just in the, in the short time that I've been talking about them. And somebody was laughing, I was laughing with one of my clients the other day. He goes, Hey, could, did you imagine that, you know, five or 10 years ago that you'd ever be talking about these products? <laughs> because quite frankly, a lot of them had some bad reputations because the expenses were so high and people were making such a small amount of money. They were upset. I get that. That's changed that when they, when they, added the term, the word fixed to the word equity or the phrase equity indexed. Now you have a fixed equity index annuity. When they added that fixed part, I started getting interested. And I also was interested particularly because interest rates are so low and probably going to stay really low for an extremely long time period. So that portion of fixed income that you have in your accounts, CDs, bonds, whatever, it's going to be a drag. I mean, a big drag. 
to get investment grade, investment grade, okay, that's stuff that you know is got a higher quality credit than average. To get investment grade, you're going to get around one percent or less on a bond or a CD or a government bond. That's amazing. I mean, that is really hard to live on. I mean, think about it. You got a hundred thousand bucks. They're going to give you a thousand dollars or less, which incidentally you have to pay taxes on. That doesn't sound good. (laughs) So that's why I'm using, that's why I started looking at these and they make a lot of sense. In fact, that's kind of how capitalism and capitalist, capitalistic societies have a tendency to work. They look around, they see what kind of problems people are having. And then they design a solution for that problem. And then that solution gets uh, upgraded from time to time. I mean, think about it. If the Model A was the perfect car, we'd still be driving it. <laughs> I'm sure some people do. But the, uh, the new cars today are a whole lot faster, more comfortable. We've got air conditioning and heat, got radio. Um, some of them actually have television in the headrest for the kids. That's hilarious. I remember when that first came out, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. But the, uh, anyway, because when that first came out, my kids were kids. <laughs> my kids are all adults now. So back to the uh, um, finish up on a fixed index a little bit. It, I think it makes a lot of sense for people, especially if you're getting close to retirement. You're looking at a bond alternative. I think that makes a tremendous amount of sense. You really need to understand what you're investing in, what you're buying, because it's it's not like a bond or a CD. A bond or a CD, you know, they give you this high interest rate. And everybody wants that, by the way. Everybody wants a 7% tax-deferred return with no sales charge, guaranteed principal, and then they want, oh, but I can take my money out anytime. Well, no, you can't. Sorry. that That's one of the catches. Um, that that does not exist, by the way. And if I could find one that did pay 7%, that was tax-deferred, that was completely liquid, meaning you could take it out without a penalty, then I would use it. If that existed, if that product existed, I would use it. It does not exist. Okay. So, and uh, these, by the way, when I say pay 7%, that's, uh, it goes up by 7%. That's not actually the payout. The payout depends on how old you are. If you're older, because your life expectancy is shorter, okay, the payout's higher. So deferring the payout, this particular product guarantees an increase in the income that you can get by 7% each year for the next 10 years. So for 10 years, minimally, it will guarantee that the income that you could generate from your investment will go up by 7% for the next, minimally. That's the minimum. That's, that's the floor. So that's what I'm looking at. It's not a 7% interest rate. It's an increase in the income you can generate from the investment. So, and I know this probably when you're in your car, I I feel bad, you know, don't try to write any of this down. I don't want to cause an accident. It's bad enough. People are texting and driving out there. Um, the, uh, imagine this, uh, a, you know, you got a soccer mom with a whole bunch of kids in the car who's also trying to text (laughs) and drive. 
Uh, I always told my kids when they were small, listen, guys, I am not worried about you. I know your girls, you girls are smart. I know you're, you're, you're athletic. You're going to get this right away. You're not the one I'm worried about on the road. It's the other people. You need to be able to learn how to avoid getting hit by another person who may not be as cognizant as you are. And uh, they were like, oh, by the way, that worked. <laughs> it got my kids to pay attention while they were driving. You know, I, I just drilled them. I drilled that in their heads from the minute they started driving. Look, I'm not worried about you guys. It's the other people. You need to be worried about the other people. And uh, somehow that actually, well, actually, I should say, my smartest kid wrecked three cars. <laughs> and she was the, uh, well, I don't I shouldn't say smartest, but because uh, my other two might be listening. <laughs> I'm not telling them which one. Well, actually, they'll know which one it is because I just, I just blew that. Oh, well, I'll skip on to the, uh, the next topic. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where the uh, driverless cars, by the way, I, I would, uh, when I think about how many people are out there driving, driverless cars are probably safer than a lot of the people that are driving now. In fact, I'm sure they are. So, but that is a hard thing, you know, for people to accept over time, it'll become more accepted. And at some point in time, you'll probably, the only time you'll drive is when you want to, uh, feel nostalgic because you want, you're not going to need to do that. And uh, I think it's kind of funny. So, but where are we between now and then? How about financially before you have driverless cars that are perfect before you have a house that's going to open based on. The fact that it can see your face, the glass in the door to the front door is actually reading your face and it, it's listening to your voice because your voice print is, is, is as unique as your fingerprint, at least according to popular science, I might be wrong. They might be wrong, but you've got a voice print. You've also got fingerprints. So you've got all these ways of identifying yourself without having to get out your keys. That's pretty cool. It's already in place. All the technology is already there. It's just not cheap yet. It will be. At some point in time, the kids are going to marvel at the fact that anybody ever had to take out a set of keys to get in their house or to control the air conditioning or to turn the television on or anything else for that matter. So that's where we're headed. Uh, how long is that going to take? I have no idea. I'll be glad because you know what? I'm kind of lazy. <laughs> I would love to sit around the house and say, hey, dishwasher, get busy. Wash those dishes. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, oven, can you make some rolls? <laughs> no, just kind of kidding. In fact, I have the, uh, oh, I have this stove and it's one of the, it's got the smart technology in it. I'm supposed to be able to run it from my phone. Well, the other day, it won't turn off and it's getting really, 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 really hot and I can't get it to turn off. So I ended up having to unplug it, pull the stove out and shut the gas off. And, and I waited and I'm actually going to, I'm waiting to have to get that fixed. And see, there's this thing in, in, a, in an oven An oven doesn't have much in the way of redundancy. That's a system that kicks in when the first one fails 
And one of the reasons that, that airplanes don't drop out of the sky like crazy is because they have multiple redundancies. They've got lots of systems that are constantly there monitoring the other systems. And when that other system goes down and they detect a defect, they kick in automatically and take over. That's why traveling by air is the safest. Their, their safety statistics are better than any other mode of transportation. Think about that for a second. They're actually better than people walking. Think about that for a second. You're safer in a plane than you are crossing the street on your own, walking. <laughs> and uh, why? Because they've got a lot of money invested in keeping those things safe. Think about that for a second. I think about this all the time. Airplane flies what? Four or 500 miles an hour, normal jet. It's about 30, 40,000 feet. You know, that's about six or seven miles high. Those engines burn that fuel around 2,000 degrees or so Fahrenheit. So you're on a plane going several hundred miles an hour through the air, five or six miles in the air with a highly flammable fluid that, by the way, is held in the wings, which bend. <laughs> and those bending wings are holding the engines that are that are running around 2,500 degrees. Sounds safe to you? Well, <laughs> that's kind of funny. That It is the safest way to travel, despite all those risks of taking that you're taking. Every time you get a, uh, I, you know, I'll probably never get an airline sponsor now. <laughs> no, but they do such a good job. That That's my point. It's not that, it's kind of like investing. You can't avoid a little turbulence. You just want to make sure you can survive it. Okay. That's the key. Surviving the turbulence. You're not going to be able to avoid it. You won't be able to predict it. If you could, you know, if the airlines could predict every time there was going to be turbulence, boy, the safety statistics would be off the charts. You know, much, 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 much better than they are now. But you can't predict it. So you have to prepare for it. When we come back from this commercial message, we'll talk about preparing for some unexpected turbulence in your portfolios. Call it a reason to retreat. I got some dreams that are bigger than me. I might be outmatched, outsized, the underdog in the fight of my life. Is it so crazy to believe? Seasons of winter, and you'd give anything to feel the sun always reaching, always climbing, always saying, and I'm back. Like it or not. <laughs> oh, hey, did you like hear the first words to that song? That is so appropriate for today. You know, just <laughs> wow, nice and uplifting, too. So I was just talking about, you know, the turbulence in your portfolio, how you, you don't plan to avoid it. If you want to, if you want to avoid turbulence in your portfolio, your returns are going to be 1% or less. Okay. It won't fluctuate, but you won't make any money either. And by the way, the inflation rate is significantly higher than that. And you have to pay taxes on interest. So you're really behind the eight ball if you're not investing 
in some alternative stuff other than just CDs or, you know, government bonds. So you got to be careful. You got a plan. Just like the airplanes, redundancy. Well, if this happens, what am I going to do? What if this happens? You know, then what will I do? And the, the main things you have to be worried about when you get close to retirement is outliving your money. You know, that's that's kind of a big deal. You know that you need to have a certain amount of return. How do you know? Because you take your savings and your pension, Social Security. You take 4.5% of your savings, which is the uh, number provided by a uh, one of the largest, actually the largest institutional money manager on the planet. They're saying that... The safe rate to start off with is 4.5%. Then you're going to have to increase that over time with inflation. So that's why they're saying 4.5%. You don't want to start on 4.5%. By the way, 4.5% on a million dollars is 45000 bucks. So this is one of the reasons I was looking at the fixed indexed products because their yields are typically a little higher than that. Okay, And a... The yield on a 1% CD at a million dollars is $10,000. That's it. 10000 bucks. So anyway, uh, preparing for turbulence, you know, as you approach the landing, that that's, by the way, all the risk with an aircraft is landing and taking off. Those are the two riskier time periods. You get 60,000 feet in the air. Typically pretty smooth up there. Most of them don't go to 60,000 feet, by the way. They're typically between 30 and 40. But the higher you get, the smoother the air has a tendency to get. Not always, but... And that's kind of what we're uh, trying to get to in portfolios. You can't, you can't really eliminate volatility or, or turbulence, but you can actually plan for it. And that's the key, planning for it. I'll give you a couple of tips. Keep five years worth of withdrawals in something that is relatively short-term in nature and is not going to fluctuate too much, maybe like the bonds. Okay. Let's keep five years worth of that in there. And that that's pretty easy to do. If you're only going to spend 5% a year, then that's 25%. Just keep it in short-term bonds. It's not there to make money. It's there to keep the fluctuation down, to... to Try to smooth out some of that turbulence. And that's a really, that is a really good rule of thumb. And when I was reading through the CFP material for that, you should see how complicated they made that explanation. <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, Occam, you know, the, the priest who said, uh, was credited with saying the, sim- the simplest solution is often the best. I really, they call it Occam's Razor. Look it up, you know, if you want to read a little bit more about it. But I think it was, it was kind of interesting. So he, he was a priest, I think it was in the 14th century, 13th or 14th, somewhere around there. And he was a scientist and he was uh, looking at different things and going, you know what? Oftentimes the simplest solution tends to work a whole lot better than all these complicated uh, rituals, routines, formulas that we try to work on. Sometimes you just step, take a step back, look at things from a, a slight distance, maybe with a non-detached you know, um, viewpoint, and all of a sudden the solution becomes really clear, and it's not very complicated. And that's what I, I really like. Now, if something is complicated, 
because it's necessary, fine. I, I'm all for that. You know, like having redundancy, six different modes of redundancy, six different systems in because when you are in an airplane and it is traveling 500 miles an hour and you are 30,000 feet in the air, uh, yeah, okay, that's a little more complicated. <laughs> it's okay to be complicated there. But when you're thinking about planning for retirement, it doesn't need to be that complicated. Keep five years worth of withdrawals, keep it in something super short term, five years, minimum. If you're above the age of 50, keep five years, minimum, you'll be fine. And if you're not taking money from it, that money there will be there. If market gets a big correction, you feel brave enough to rebalance your portfolio. What does that mean? That means the stock portion, let's say you had a million bucks and the stock portion was 750000 and the bond portion was 250000 or your fixed income was 250000 So the 750000 goes down. Now you're young now. This is what young people do, younger people do. 750000 goes down. You take maybe $50,000 out of your fixed income and add it to the stocks while they're down. Why? Well, because all other things being equal, stocks sooner or later are probably going to recover. So if you're buying them when they're down and they recover, you make more money. That simple. doesn't need to get any more complicated than that. In fact, on future shows and this show, I'm going to do everything in my power to make everything as simple as it can possibly be. Notice I said as it can possibly be. I'll tell you what makes things complicated. Somebody who's got a complicated mind. Somebody who doesn't know what they want. And uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was Alice in Wonderland said, which road should she take? And I forgot who she was talking to, but he said, where do you want to go? And she says, I really don't know. Then. And he said, well, then any road will do. <laughs> I thought that was so. Whoever wrote that script all those years ago, wrote that book, was a, an, a keen observer of human behavior. I thought that was a riot. And I was just a kid when I when I recognized that. But the, uh, I was like, wow, that's pretty intense. And that's what happens, by the way. People come in, they, they talk to a whole bunch of people, and that's fine. You should do that. You should talk to as many people as you can until you figure out where do you want to go? What do you want to do? I have people coming in all the time that uh, don't really know. The vast majority have no idea how much money it would take to support their lifestyle. Or do I want to save more money on taxes or do I want to earn try to earn a higher return? Most people will say both. Well, it's not always possible. Sometimes it is. But the number one thing I think that holds people back from doing a financial plan is they don't know where they want to go. They've got to decide. Now, the number two thing that holds them back is when they do decide, they realize, oh, um, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it could be. You think about it. What I was talking about earlier, if you're going to take out 4.5% from your entire portfolio per year, it takes a million dollars to have 45000 bucks. million bucks for $45,000. I know a lot of people are panicking right now. Don't panic. Yeah, panicking doesn't help anything. Get a plan. You're probably, if you're going to get Social Security 
you know, let's say you make seventy thousand bucks a year. Now you probably get somewhere around two thousand dollars a month, twenty four thousand bucks. Okay, so if you're getting half, uh, I mean, if you're getting twenty four thousand, twenty five thousand from Social Security, that goes a long way. Think about that. You know, if you were going to get that, that saves you from having to save about a half a million bucks. I don't know how many people think about that in those terms, but that Social Security program. That's a great program. It's a great program. I'm amazed that we've got stuff like that. So if you've got a Social Security and pension income, that's huge. You have $5,000 a year. I'm sorry, $5,000 a month in a pension, which I see quite often, at 60000 bucks. Now, you'd have to have minimally 1.2%, and that's if you're withdrawing 5%. $1.2 million, that's what that $5,000 a month is worth, $1.2 million. It's actually probably a little bit more than that because the pensions are run a little bit more conservatively. They don't expect to make 5% a year. Well, yeah, actually, they're going to, yeah, no, they do. Um, but they're actually using your life expectancy, doing like a reverse mortgage. So that would, you know, they don't have quite the same amount of money backed behind it, probably, oh, at least 15 times whatever they're paying out. That's what's in the pension plan backing up your pension. Minimally 15 times the amount that, that you're getting on an annual basis. Think about that for a second. That's mind-boggling. By the way, if you don't believe any of this stuff, don't bother emailing me because I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna delete it. Go to Google. <laughs> just look it up. It's out there. I'm not telling you anything that anybody. In fact, you know what the chances of anybody having an original thought are? The chances of having an original thought, some thought that nobody's ever had before. How many people are in the world? Seven billion? So the chances of you having an original thought are not quite as good as you winning the lottery. (laughs) You have a better chance winning the lottery than you do of having an original thought because there are seven billion people on the planet. (laughs) When I think about that, I'm like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure a whole lot of people don't think a lot like I do, but that's because I played football and had and set the NCAA record for concussions. <laughs> they stopped counting at 16 because the health insurance premiums were going too high. <laughs> uh, I I really wish that was a joke, <laughs> but I had a lot. Thank goodness we know about neuroplasticity and you can actually retrain your brain. Did you know that? You should look that stuff up sometime. That is wild. I can tell you it. Some of the stuff works really well. And the stuff I've been trying lately, the last couple months, has really made a big improvement. So I'm going to hold this part out as a teaser. I will talk about this next week. (laughs) So you have to come back now. (laughs) Or you can go to my website. Or you can go to the the Fish's website and download it there, the podcast. I hear the music. That means I have got to go. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420, also 1220. And you can find me on the uh, Fish's podcast on their website, 955thefish.com. Have a good week, good investing, and good luck. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer.
If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.